Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Thursday, March 24th, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday. Producing from his home studio in the foothills of Connecticut is Taylor Schwenk. Sarah Abbott is working from the heartland of Nebraska. And I'm Buster only working just north of New York City at my home. Today, the Todd father, Todd Radom, joins us for the first of our weekly quizzes. And Sarah... It's going to be a three-person race because you're joining us. I'm honored and also I'm terrified. I hope my Trivia Tuesdays have done me well in practicing and preparing for this moment. Well, and I feel like, Sarah, uh, that it's a low bar because Taylor's in this as well. Right, Taylor? Indeed, yeah. It's well established on the podcast that I know literally nothing about baseball, much the consternation of our listeners. So, uh, yeah, you're in a good spot, Sarah. I think that that's your strategy, though. I think you're saying that so mm. then the bar's low. So then when you get it right, it's like a big win. You know, there's no expectation. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But go back and go listen to those Friday episodes from last season. And you'll you'll find I do know nothing. So I like I like your. Uh, your <laughs> yeah, we had a streak so. of like 18 straight weeks, uh, Sarah, in which you didn't get a, a correct answer. <laughs> So well, I'll probably join you in on that. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes uh, today. We're also going to be talking with Carl Ravitch. We're going to be going to go through some over and unders on team win totals that are popping up in some betting institutions. And some of those are th- that will generate some fun conversation. News and notes for today. New York Mayor Eric Adams will lift the city's COVID-19 vaccine mandate on Athletes Thursday, paving the way not only for Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving, to play home games, but also for unvaccinated Yankees and Mets. Uh, This is according to sources familiar with the situation who spoke with ESPN. One of those unvaccinated players, Aaron Judge, spoke with reporters and says his talks with the Yankees about a new long-term contract are ongoing. He hopes to have that resolved uh, by opening day. The Cleveland Guardians signed reliever Brian Shaw. was one of the last of the free agents still on the board. There's some others, including Michael Conforto. Carlos Correa, the Twins' new shortstop, was in Minnesota's camp yesterday, and he talked about why he chose the Twins and trying to build a championship culture. Carlos, first of all, I think everyone is wondering why the Minnesota Twins. Were they ever engaged before the lockout? Were you ever in conversations? Is there a little bit of a surprise that you're here? Yeah, no. We had no conversations uh, before the lockout. Then after the lockout, you know, Scott had a conversation with him in a matter of I think like 10 hours, the deal got done. Uh, we moved pretty quick. But why is because when I got on the Zoom call with them, you know, they talked about winning. They talked about building a championship culture. And, you know, I wanted to take them with that challenge. Obviously, you know your value. And this is exactly And a lot of people are saying this isn't your value. Did the 99-day lockout affect the negotiations? And is it the reason for a shorter deal? After the lockout, there were no long terms out there, right? And uh, the market, it was what it was. I don't see this as a one-year deal. I see this as an opportunity for me to show you guys what I can do and what I can bring to the table. And hopefully we can build a long-term relationship here in Minnesota. You know, with that being said, I want to build a championship culture in this clubhouse. You know, talking to some of the guys and, and uh, you know, getting to know them. I can sense and tell that they want to win. They really want to go out there and, and, and be that team. So, you know, that's what I'm here for. That was Marley Rivera with those questions. Here's Trevor's story in the Red Sox camp talking about why he chose the Red Sox. You know, it was uh, something that me and my family and and my team had to talk about a lot. At the end of the day, like I said, you know, it kind of came down to, you know, I've been been saying, you know, my my whole career that uh, it's about winning. And 
I felt that this was the, you know, a really good fit for me um, to play second this year uh, on this team, on the Red Sox. And that's really what it came down to. And really just kind of seeing this team and, and, and seeing the, the trend that they're on and, and kind of the players and the, and the makeup of this team. That's really what, what kind of swayed me. Everyone's just glowing about Fenway and Boston and the city and, and just the, the passion that the fans bring every night. I think that's the, that was one of the most attractive things for me and my family too. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's what you want, you know. These guys, you know, the fans, everybody here, everybody involved is, cares, you know, just as much as we do. So can't wait to get to Fenway and, and play in front of the, the Red Sox faithful. Braves, Austin Riley. Looks like he's ready to build on his strong 2021 season. First pitch to Austin. He hits a towering shot to left field. This one might be up in the breeze as well. At the wall, a leap from Rosarena, and that's out of here. It's a two-run home run for Austin Riley, his second of the ball game. Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Player Association have agreed to rule tweaks that will expand rosters, place an automatic runner on second base during extra innings, the ghost runner, and allow pitchers to remain in the lineup after they have been replaced on the mound, which is being referred to as the Shohei Otani rule. Taylor, what do you got? Buster, it is Sweet 16 Thursday. Baldman on campus did an excellent preview show that we posted yesterday morning. So go find that wherever you're listening to your podcast. That's Jay Billis, Alfonso Ellis, and Seth Greenberg. The guys will be back next week to recap the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and look forward to the Final Four. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites. That's why you gotta check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. We'll be talking over under win totals for teams with Carl Ravage coming up. And the bookie's view of one team in particular is shocking. They've got the Baltimore Orioles pegged at 62 and a half wins. Let's put that number into context. The last season that the Orioles generated more than 62 wins was in 2017. Since then, their full season win totals are 47, 54, 52. The expansion New York Mets, who played their first season in 1962, are generally regarded as the worst team in baseball history. And in their first four seasons, they won 40, 51, 53, and 50, which means the Orioles have a chance to become the American League twin to those Mets teams this year. In an American League East that is absolutely stacked, the Rays, Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays, 
What moves has Baltimore made this offseason to improve the team that went 52-110 last year? This summer, take your best shot. But remember, winning isn't everything. Well, they signed catcher Robinson Torinos, 37 years old. He played 45 games last year. They signed Rubenet Odor, who had 202 with the Yankees and the Rangers last year, with 100 strikeouts and 322 at-bats. They signed Jordan Lyles, who had a 5.15 ERA with Texas last year. Through the swallowed contract of Chris Davis and deferred payments, the Orioles will spend about the same amount of money on players no longer with the team, Alex Cobb, Mark Trumbo, Darren O'Day, Andrew Kastner, as they do on their 2022 talent. Two Yankees, Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton, will each make about the same as what the entire Orioles will make on their roster. In Baltimore, the tankathon continues. Todd Radom is the chief executive of our weekly quiz, a graphic artist whose work can be seen on ball fields all across America and all around the world. Or you can go to his website, toddradom.com. Todd, how are you doing this week? Buster, I am well. I am so happy. Back in the flow. Uh, I'm all warmed up, uh, ready for the season. So I'm great. Yeah, we got the quiz coming up. We have our new uh, annual conceit that you always uh, generate to uh, give some, you know, share some baseball history, but I'm not happy this week because my alma mater, Vanderbilt University, unveiled its logo the other day. And I got to tell you, when I first saw it, I felt like that somebody at Vanderbilt must have like run over to the University of Virginia, like grabbed a logo and got out of Dodge at two in the morning. Cause I don't, <laughs> I can't stand this logo. It's so similar to Virginia's. I don't get it, Todd. What was your reaction? You and everybody else, Buster, I will say that it left me wanting. It is very Virginia-like. I think one of the best snarky comments among many that I saw on Twitter was that it looked like the University of Virginia and the History Channel had a love child and uh, <laughs> and it became Vanderbilt. But no, you don't want to look like somebody else. And listen, we talk all the time about how sports fans in particular get very, very, uh, I don't know, you know, we we love and we hate our logos. But if you are an alma mater, an alumni of a college, that's even worse. It's like religion. It's like part of your heart. So I'm with you. I don't like it. Um, you lose the star. You lose something special. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the old logo. Right. I, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I thought it was solid. If you want to sort of tweak that, that's fine. But to go to that other one, I, I just... Uh, Taylor, did you have a gut reaction when you saw the Vanderbilt logo? Uh, I didn't think about the UVA comparison when you brought it up, Buster, but uh, I saw a good tweet that it is like half of the uh, Xavier University logo. So uh, a lot of good zings on there. And the the star behind it, that's what I really liked about the Vanderbilt logo. There is a version of it, but the star is like... It's it's kind of like thicker and stubbier. I don't know. I don't that that star was very powerful to me, and they've kind of neutered that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be, that'll be the opener of every conversation I have with every, every Vanderbilt baseball player uh, during the course of the season as we go week to week. I'm sure Dansby Swanson has strong feelings about it either way. You don't uh, know. He could have a tattoo of that old logo that all of a sudden now is consigned to the ash bin of history. You don't know. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, All right. I mentioned uh, that every year you do a great job coming up with a concept that helps illuminate baseball history through uniforms, caps, 
uh, discussion of markets. Uh, tell us about this year's presentation, which is Phantom Franchises. That's right, Buster. So I was thinking about it, and it's kind of timely in a certain sense because the athletics may well be on their way to uh, Vegas. The Rays plan to split their home between Montreal and Tampa was recently shot down. And baseball history, of course, is full of similar what ifs. And all of this includes a whole slew of potential team moves that almost happened, but never did. Uh, a big deal here involves the fact that the MLB landscape was locked into place for 50 years, a half century, 1902 to 1952. There were 16 teams in 10 different cities. And then starting in 1953, the Boston Braves moved to Milwaukee. The St. Louis Browns became the Baltimore Orioles. The Athletics shifted from Philadelphia to Kansas City. And then come the Dodgers and Giants and go on and on and on. Uh, in thinking about this topic, there are so many instances where teams almost move. The Athletics tried to move to Louisville. They tried to move to Denver. The San wow. Francisco Giants very nearly became the Tampa Bay Giants in the 90s and the Toronto Giants in the 70s. And we will talk about the amazing tale of the St. Louis Browns very near move to Los Angeles in 1941. So this is going to be a great topic all season long. Some of these came closer than others, but uh, but it's a great theme, I think. And as we always say, history is fascinating. Yeah, I think most people think of you as an artist. I think of you as a historian. I mean, if I were to to, to put a tag on you, that's, uh, you know, knowing you as well as I do and knowing your love of history, uh, I think historian is, uh, is closer to describing what you do. All right, uh, we'll start that next week. Let's do this week's quiz. Sarah Abbott's going to join us as we move forward this year. And I think if you guys agree to the ground rules here, because I dominated Taylor last year, uh, I will go first in giving uh, an answer. And whoever wins a given week, I think the following week, that person needs to go first. Uh, Sarah, Taylor, you agree? Definitely. That sounds good to me. Same. Okay. All right. Sarah? Sarah looks nervous. I'm terrified. <laughs> I thought you a little bit of excitement there, but yeah, the, the the nerves coming through. I did not expect that they're pouring through Sarah, Zoom right now. You between you and Taylor, you have this mighty team, mighty team. The two, the the, the Hydra, the the the, the two headed monster against Buster. And like we were saying before, we uh, we jumped on here. Listen, you've got a one in four chance. Just take a stab. Process of elimination. You're going to do great. I am a trivia champion every Tuesday. Oh, wow. So, you know, <laughs> I feel I feel like I have a shot, but I'm still terrified. I feel like she just veered from fear to smack talk in one sentence. <laughs> ringer. Right <there>. Total <laughs> ringer. Absolutely. All of a sudden, you know, we have this this I, I, I think, Taylor, you're you're in good shape. You're in much better shape than you were last year, I think. Mm, OK, let's do it. I'll go first. All right, here we go. Week one, guys. In 2021, the Braves franchise played in its 10th World Series, passing this franchise, which has played in nine. Is that franchise the Orioles, the Pirates, the Phillies, or the Reds? The Braves in their 10th World Series last year, passing this franchise, which has played in nine. Orioles, Pirates, Phillies, Reds. Wow. Um, oof, Phillies, Reds. Uh, 
Oh my goodness. That's a great question. Uh, Taylor, you got a gut reaction. Sarah, you got a gut reaction. I'm going to say pirates. Well, wait, uh, don't, don't give me your answer. I was just asking well, you asked words. my gut reaction. That's my reaction. Pirates all in. I'll go first. Cause you're, you seem a little nervous over there, Buster. So I'll take that bullet for the team. Wow. I'm so uh, I'm going to go reds, Sarah. My gut reaction was the reds. Okay. Well, you and I have the same answer, but it's scaring me that Taylor has a different answer. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't ever trust what I'm thinking on this. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, so, so, you know, here you go. We start out very strong because it is the Cincinnati Reds with nine yes. series oh. of the last of which came a long time ago before Sarah and Taylor were probably born. But anyway, it is the Reds. Nice. We start out, Sarah, you and I start out with a win. This feels great. This feels like I made my dad proud. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. it's going to be a season of domination. I could tell. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. All right, Todd, thanks for doing this. I look forward to next week. Phantom franchises. All right, everybody. Thank you. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Buster. Just go to Indeed.com slash Buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Buster. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. All aboard. It's the Ravi Train with Carl Ravitch. Carl Ravitch, the new play-by-play man on Sunday Night Baseball. Ravi, how you doing? I'm great. I get chills every time you say that. That's really exciting. Can't wait to be working with uh, you and Cody and Eduardo. It's uh it's it's uh, look. I, I'm I'm speechless about it. I think it's going to be an unbelievable season. I think the teams are great. I think our team is great. And um, you know, Buster, just seeing seeing guys back on a field, seeing balls being hit, seeing pitches being thrown. Um, I get a chill. I was uh, I was almost reluctant to kind of put my toe in the water 
through all these negotiations and the bitterness and all that acrimony. And um, there's a part of me that's that can't believe it's actually just about a week and a half away or whatever it is, April 10th. I, I can't wait. Yeah, I talked to when I talked to David the other day, uh, I mentioned to him that I'd heard from mutual friends of yours and I that you were pulling your hair out <laughs> during the labor <laughs> stuff because you were dying to move forward with this, uh, you know, this opportunity on Sunday Night Baseball. What's exciting about it for you? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I, I think the most exciting part is to work with with a team that I know is going to make the games uh, more interesting than just watching a baseball game. I, I think the affability of Eduardo Perez and, and his long history and association with the game, listening to David on Yes and listening to his podcast, there's such a fascinating, interesting component to him that if you didn't know David Cohn, uh, other than just the pitcher, you, you realize there's a depth there and an understanding and an appreciation and an open-mindedness to a variety of, of aspects of the game that probably most people, you know, would not have considered him to have. And he's, you know, he's a he's just a, a, a real conversationalist. And and having you there, uh, you know, and your obviously access to the players and your history with Sunday Night Baseball, I. I I'm tickled by it. I'm, uh, I'm humbled by the whole thing. It's a unique seat, as you know, and, um, you know, want to be true to ourselves and authentic and recognize where people are with regards to the game and how they want to consume it. And uh, it's worked so far for uh, almost three decades. L let's keep doing what we've done, which is to engage with the analysts. I'm only as good as the people around me, which means you, Eduardo, and Coney, and to try to get as much out of you guys as, as we can to make it make it conversational, make it entertaining, make it informative, and never lose sight of the most important part, which are the players of the game on the field. I am so excited. Uh, you know, the one common denominator, I think, between you and Eduardo and David, and I covered David as a pitcher. You know, when I was at the New York Times, I covered him for three years. He was so accessible. He and Tony Gwynn were the most accessible players that I covered as a beat writer. Um, and he would engage in conversations as a player. And he would try to understand things, you know, on the media side, uh, even when he was a player. Um, and I would hope that I would also, the common denominator for me is, I, I mentioned this, is that we all just love, <laughs> we just love the sport, you know? I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. That That's the bottom line. Well, I saw, uh, I think I saw something on the MLB network with Brett Phillips, who has that T-shirt now, and it says baseball is fun, yeah, as you know, and we've talked about whether it's Major League Baseball, College Baseball, or Little League Baseball, the, the common thread amongst all of them is it needs to be fun. You know, he's right. We've been saying that. I've been saying that forever. And whenever anybody asked me about which which aspect of your job do you like the most? It was always Little League because Little League baseball is exactly what Brett Phillips and most other people associated with the sport want it to be. It's fun. It's a game. And against the backdrop of everything that's going on in our world today, baseball has to be fun. It, it can be competitive. There can be spirit. There can be animosity. But it's got to be fun. And we can take what we do uh, in Williamsport and certainly in Omaha and bring some of that to the major league level. That curiosity that you just talked about, we, we like the game. We, we also can question the game. 
but that's because yep. you love the game. That, that's why you bring up questions and, and try to wonder why things are done a certain way and how come rules are the way they are and, are, and is there a way to improve on this? It has nothing to do with not liking it. It's, in fact, just the opposite. You like it so much, you want to take care of it. You want to nurture it. You love it. So how do, how do we do that? So, yeah, I agree with you that those types of, um, of conversations and the appreciation from the four of us. And look, the, the people behind the scenes, as you know, they like it as much as we do, if not more. They're always interested in providing information and insights and questions. And that team that most people never know about or see is what is going to make this season so special. Yep. I, I can't wait. I'm sure that next week we'll probably start to have our, our first uh, conversations, our first meetings, yeah. and yep. dig into some of the content. Our first uh, broadcast is going to be Red Sox and Yankees on uh, April 10th. And then uh, the following week, we'll be going out to San Diego for Braves and, and uh, Padres. So that's, that's going to be a blast. Uh, all right. So I'm going to be getting into some over-unders with you. Speaking of fun, I'd love looking at the over-under win totals at uh, – uh, some of these places put out there uh, in the betting world just to sort of get a gauge my own view of, of what the strengths and weaknesses of these teams are. And there's some over under win totals for teams that absolutely shocked me. First, I think the big news of yesterday in baseball uh, was that uh, the news that the New York City is yeah. going to lift its vaccine mandate for athletes and entertainers. Uh, for the Mets and Yankees, I think there was a feeling that, yes, eventually they would get there. It's a big relief because unlike Kyrie Irving, who's missed so much, missed so much of the season for the Nets, because of that vaccine mandate, some of the Mets and Yankees are unvaccinated, get a pass there. But, Carl, I, I still feel like that uh, it, there hasn't been enough talk about the issue that's going to be looming over all teams, not just the American League East teams, for all teams to potentially travel into Toronto, because I don't see that vaccine mandate changing at all, given where the COVID numbers are in Canada. And so as we get into you know the start of the season, whether you're the Yankees, whether you're the Red Sox, the Rays, the Orioles, uh, any team going in there, <laughs> you're not going to be able to have guys play. And what a competitive advantage for the Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> Well, I mean, look, in some ways they created the competitive advantage by being vaccinated. The reason that they're allowed right. to play in Toronto is they're all vaccinated. So so they created it. Uh, look, it, it's part of what what our our society is dealing with now, whether it's a whether it's the country, whether it's an airline. Um, and again, it's it's very easy to sit there and say, well, you have a choice. If you are willing to get vaccinated. You don't have to worry about this. But your choice is not to. And then then it becomes a, a question of, well, sh sh is that right? Is there is there some constitutionality that says because you chose that, you therefore can't do this. And in a federal case or a country case like this, you're 100 percent right. Uh, but I'm not certain. I, I would imagine that's not going to change the minds of many who have not taken the vaccine for whatever reason they choose. And I, I'm one of those that respect the decisions, but there are consequences to them because there are these laws, these rules uh, that countries have that, that airlines do in this country. You've got to abide by them or you're, you're in violation. And until that changes, like it's doing in New York, these are again, your choices. 
it's fine that you're making the choice, but now you're subjecting the other 28 guys, so 27, however many on your roster that uh, that are unvaccinated, to go there without you. And that becomes a, a sort of a second, maybe equally important part of the balancing act between your choice and the impact that it has not only on yourself, but others, which I know anybody listening to this will say to you, well, that's what this whole point is about. Your, your choice may be impacting you, but it's also impacting others. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that going into Toronto, whether it's the Red Sox or any other team, you are at a disadvantage if any of your players, it doesn't matter which players, any of your players, in some cases it may be the best, uh, but any of your players puts you out of a competitive disadvantage. And to your point, while you could kind of see the New York thing coming based on some of the recent comments, there's no indication that that's going to happen in in Canada. And that's that's going to make a very difficult and slippery slope for teams to navigate. And you literally are going to leave players behind. And there's going to be those that look out the window metaphorically and say, why aren't they coming with us and why are they choosing this? But I think that the players, what we learned through this negotiation, they're united. I'm sure you'll get a pretty united front on look that that's that's their choice respect their choice even if it does cost us a game or two thankfully for those teams they don't play 81 of those games in toronto they you know they're playing six or three yeah i i hear you i think the players will speak out loud with respect to, of other players who are not vaccinated you think they'll be upset you think they'll actually say oh, i think Come so on, yeah dude. i think they i think they will respect other players decision but i think there will be players who will wonder um you know if you know for example you know aaron judge as far as we know has not been vaccinated uh if he can't play for the yankees in toronto i, I mean that's an enormous loss for them you know anthony course, rizzo yeah. uh chris sale and I'd say this, like I'm not I respect the decision of those guys. But my question would be if we got into a conversation uh, almost like a friend to friend, if I was friends with those guys, my question would be. And I asked this of some athletic trainers. I posed it this way. I said, these guys who have been playing sports their whole life. Right. Uh, they go through college. You are a, a professional is a minor leaguer. You have injuries. You have treatment. I asked the question, how many shots of <laughs> anti-inflammatories and medication do you think these guys have, have received before any COVID stuff happened where they didn't even think about it? And and one of the athletic trainers I was, I was talking to laughed and said, dozens. <laughs> and that's the part that I, I don't understand. And I'm curious to see if some teammates in conversations dig into those and sort of, you know, pick through some of the logic behind these decisions. I don't think there's any question that that will be part of the wondering and or questions. And I do think it's a very real likelihood that if you're going to go into the, well, let me just ask you as a friend or, or what, what responsibility do you feel you bear to the rest of this team beyond yourself, but to the rest of this team to, to be with us, to go to battle with us, to compete with us. Is there, you know, do you have any remorse um, based on your own decision not to be vaccinated to not be able to participate with us? You know, I think that's a legitimate question. It doesn't mean that the answer is going to be, uh, you know what? Yes, I feel so badly about this. I'm going to change because then you're asking somebody who is, 
standing standing on a principle not to get this shot um you know or multiple shots to to get it because uh, either because of guilt because of your obligation to the team i think we all at, at the very root of everything your obligation is to the person that's staring back at you in the mirror and then you have to decide what's going to be the deciding factors on which that person in the mirror is going to make a decision. And there may be some who already have been, who said to themselves, well, I can't do this to the other 24 guys on my team. I, I need to do this for them. I, I don't, I don't have enough uh, kind of invested in my own principle. Uh, at first it was about this, then it became about this. And, and now I'm looking at the situation and you know what, maybe the scales tip because of this part of it, like I have an obligation. It, it may affect some, it may affect none. I don't know, but I do know if I were in that position um, and I couldn't travel to Canada for Sunday night and somebody said, well, that, is that really fair to Eduardo and David Cohn and Buster and the production crew? It, it at least enters the equation. You know, it may be something you hadn't thought about before other than I don't want to do this and I have a million legitimate reasons in my own mind not to do this. But now you've introduced this component to it. Now we can't go to Toronto and and, you know, be on the same flight and and play in the game. So does that does that increase your decision? Does that tip a scale that prior to this you hadn't had to think about? And I'm sure in New York, Buster, if they weren't going to change that vaccine mandate, it's now that's a bigger bubble in the thought process geez, I'm not even going to be able to play in my home state. It didn't change Kyrie Irving. I mean, that's it's proven that not everybody's going to be moved or motivated by it. But it again, it becomes a, another part of the equation. And the closer it gets, it's like the objects in the rearview mirror are larger than they appear. This is getting larger. It, it's not going to go away. So does that influence somebody to change their mind? It may, it may not. Yeah. And I am curious when uh, when we get into our broadcast, you know, ask someone like David Cohn of veteran pitchers, how many times they received an injection of medication of some kind? Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I, I think that's obvious. Know, yeah, anti-inflammatories and, and uh, yep. you know, painkillers and uh, yep. treatments, Toradol, all that stuff. I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see we go for it. All right. Let's talk about over-unders which is more fun than talking about Toradol or, or the, you know, yeah. COVID injections or that sort of thing. Um, some of these, let's start with the American League East. This one absolutely jumped out of me. And I'm going to ask you to give me an over under gut re, gut reaction to this. Uh, one of the uh, services that we're looking at has the Red Sox at 85 and a half. What say you? Yeah, look, again, I have it over. I think they win more than that. Um, I think the caveat, and I'm imagining that the that the prognosticators who set that uh, are looking at their starting pitching, which is certainly not a strength, and they're certainly looking at the division, which is brutal. Um, at some point, one of those four teams is not going to have the year that they expect, whether it's Toronto, Tampa Bay, uh, Boston, or the Yankees. One of them is going to struggle. They're, they're, I don't think they're all going to win 90 games. But I think the Red Sox are better off right now than the Yankees. I think they are slightly better off in spite of where the Rays have finished. The Rays, because of the Rays, to me, their pitching issues, Baz to start and Glass now not being there um, and the loss of somebody like Cruz, et cetera. I, I don't, I don't, and, and even, 
even Wendell, who was good. I, I love the young talent on the race. I, it's so exciting. Um, and Kevin Cash has done that. But one of these teams isn't going to have the year they expect. I think the Red Sox, given the track record that Cora has there, what happened last year, um, I think they're better this season than they were. And look, sales at X Factor, but I have them over 85. Yep, I completely agree with you. I was surprised. I felt like that was a really low number for them. Uh, along those lines, you have gut reactions for the Rays, 89 and a half. Yankees, 91 and a half. Jays, 92 and a half. Because among that trio, my gut reaction is the Jays are better than 92 and a half. I think they're the best team in the division. I think that lineup is going to be unbelievable. And I think the midseason, their ownership is going to be aggressive in adding uh, and filling any holes that they have. Well, I, and, I, and I will go back to the Red Sox. The fact that you just committed all that money to Trevor Story indicates to me they they are in a we're going mode like we, we are in this um i always look at the yankees and think they're in even though the moves or lack of moves indicate it's different than you know than than a team that's completely in a go for it mode I, I agree about the blue jays i am a little i'm a little skeptical on their pitching but i like them a lot and i i you know <laughs> As a guy that that generally falls in love with or, or has the same teams because I believe in them, the Rays are one of them. And believe it or not, I, I, as you know, I, I've been a Mets fan for a while as far as their ability to win games. I don't mean that I'm a fan of the Mets. I just think they're better than they've been lately. Um, I, I'm a little skeptical on the Rays this season than I have been in years past. So I, I like the Blue Jays over the 92 um, I think the Yankees end up with more than w whatever number you had said they were. And I think the Rays take a step back. Yeah. Yankees are at 91 and a half. Uh, yeah. You actually set up perfectly the context for the over under on the Baltimore Orioles. Carl, they are at 62 and a half, which would represent a 10 win improvement over last year, even after right. an offseason in which all those American League East te teams have had tried to load up, have tried to load up. Right. I, right. I, you know, I'm ready to bet the family farm on the Orioles <laughs> not getting to 62. Uh, I would agree with you. I certainly think that Trey Mancini is likely to be traded. Uh, I think it's it's a it's going to be a very dark year in Baltimore. I understand what Mike Elias is trying to do. But framed against the improvement of the other teams in that division and the amount of money they're spending, it's um, it, it's a very it, the, you can't swallow the pill. Like the idea no. is, let's just swallow the pill. You can't. It's not going down. Uh, no, I, I have them. I agree a hundred percent that there'll be fewer than sixty-two, and I just think it's going to be very depressing um, in Baltimore. You know, this season and and until they turn things around. If you were literally going to going to move Mancini and you could make all the reasonable uh, arguments why you need to do that for your team in the future, that that's not going to hold water. And uh, there's just going to be, in my opinion, so few fans in the stands, it's going to, it's going to be very, it's going to be very depressing in Baltimore this year when the Blue Jays roll in and the Yankees roll in and the Red Sox roll in and there's, Again, like usual, but even more so this year, it'll be magnified way more of their fans in your building than your own. I, I think it's going to be a real rough year in Baltimore. And I, I, I do. I feel for the fan because it's such a cool city and such a good baseball town.
Give me a gut feel on these three over-unders from the National League West. The Dodgers at 97.5, the Padres at 88.5, the San Francisco Giants, who won the most games in baseball last year, 85.5. <laughs> so, so the prognosticator has the Giants literally just crashing back to earth. Um, like I think twenty Dodgers, games, Carl. I know. I think the Dodgers win more than that. I, I think the Dodgers are the hundred win team this year. Um, the lineup is is a, is a comical, and the pitching is tremendous. I, I think sometimes when you when you step away from a season, and then you go through what we did, you forget that the talent that they have on the mound. Um, you know, Walker Bueller is a Cy Young guy. Kershaw appears to be healthier. Orius is a joke. May is coming back. The, 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 it go, it, I mean, it's, look, I'm repeating what everybody knows. It goes on and on and on. I think they're the 100-win team. Um, I think the Padres are going to be a little bit better. I think some of their pitching has gotten healthier than it's been. And that's, you know, they, they were, look, they were devastated by injuries. Uh, they, the manager is, is a proven winner with less. Now he's got more. Um, so I have the Padres over. I, I don't think the Giants lose that many games. Uh, you're playing in a division with Arizona and Colorado. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think I think they're all over the number you gave. I, the one that would probably cause me the most hesitation are the Padres because they could win 92. They could win 87. But I, I think all three of those are over the numbers. Yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr., you know, being out for months and, and and his return being unclear in terms of when he comes back and how quickly he'll be back uh, into form. I'll give you one more over-under. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, who won the American League Central last year, 91 and a half. I know the American League Central is better than what it's been in the past from top to bottom, but that still feels like a low number for me, Carl, because they had a lot of success last year and they suffered. You talked about injuries uh, that the Padres mm-hmm. suffered last year. White Sox lineup was devastated, and they've got all these young players who are coming back and theoretically are healthy and maybe be better. I would I would agree. Um, I, I'm fascinated. I think the Twins are better. I, I think the Guardians are, are are not. So I'm not certain that overall, you know, and I don't know how, how close the Royals are to taking a big step. Um, so I, yeah, I think they're over. I, I, the bullpen is tremendous. I'm not advising anybody on the White Sox on what to do, but I think it's really interesting what happens with Craig Kimbrell. Uh, there may be an addition by subtraction to both the individual and the team. Um, if you were willing to move Kimbrell, I think he's better off in an environment where he is the closer. I, I think it was a little screwy there last year. I don't, I don't think that helped. Um, and they have enough arms in that bullpen, tremendous power arms, that you you could improve yourself if you're willing to move him. You could improve to me his situation, and you increase the number of wins. But I yeah that that that's a that's a tremendous team. I think Radone's going to help the team he's on now. I think he's a loss, but he's so unreliable and inconsistent. And I've been a huge fan of Carlos Radon since he was at. NC State, I, I do. I think the uh, White Sox are over that number. I, I figure about 95, 96 wins. Before you go, uh, give me about 45 seconds on your feeling about the ghost runner that, uh, you know, that uh, the news coming out that the Major League Baseball and the Player Association agreed to the return of the ghost runner, which felt inevitable to me, inevitable to me the whole time. 
hundred percent behind the ghost runner. I mean, I, look, I have no problem if, if the two sides want to say let's let's play the tenth and eleventh inning conventionally, but we got to add a ghost runner because I've never been a, a huge proponent of the games that last seventeen innings. It has nothing to do with getting out of there. It has to do with the quality of the product that's on the field. It becomes very very difficult to watch. Uh, offenses can't score. It's not good. Uh, look, I've had managers propose, Buster, <laughs> let's start the runner on first in the 10th inning, first and second in the 11th inning, bases loaded in the 12th inning. The managers seem to be unanimous in their decision to let's get a ghost runner on. we got to move this stuff forward. It's going to cost us arms. I- I'm shocked that it took that long. It should it should be there every year, and I'm not against even that, that concept. But you have to – I'm 100% – behind ghost runner it adds excitement again it's urgency always about urgency if i were to have a t-shirt like brett phillips it would it would say on the front always about urgency that's what makes sports great all right ravi thanks for doing this uh i'm excited to dig into sunday nights with you me too buddy we'll talk soon bleacher tweets Alrighty, Buster. Bleacher tweets for a fine Thursday. And what makes it extra fine is our guy, Eric Sorensen at Coach Sorensen 9. Nice. Sent us a little sound here. He said, here's some bird sounds for you guys. Happy spring. I added the cattle just for Buster. Let's get that moo in there. Where is it? There it is. We love that. Nice. And I will tell you, that is a hungry calf. Okay, I'm guessing that cap is that that's got to be about six months old. You can tell uh, that is a hungry cap looking for its breakfast. Oh, my God. That's Buster. You drop all sorts of knowledge on the podcast, but that's the most impressive thing you've said today. (laughs) (laughs) Amy Chapman at Amy R. Chapman writes. And do you see any other pitchers besides Otani benefiting from the new rule? Will teams be more open to pitchers who want to hit as well as or D.H.? I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. The guy who came to mind a little bit was uh, Otani's teammate, Michael Lorenzen. I think he's a guy, if you wanted to, he's a good enough hitter where you could keep him in a lineup. Portland Maverick at the Battered Bees writes in, though the Padres players and management are saying the right things, how beyond our rate do you think they are regarding Tatis Jr.? His importance and influence to this team can't be overstated. Injuring himself on a motorcycle was both reckless and selfish. Hmm, I do wonder what they are saying behind closed doors about this. I don't think players get into critiquing other players quite so much. Uh, I will tell you that there are other players on other teams, but I think teammates, you know, stay in the moment and they try to stay supportive I'm sure that if he continues to have injury issues and he's got $300 million that he's owed, uh, that there will be minority owners among the Padres who will be pulling their hair out. (laughs) Rally Tom at Rally Tom one writes in, has this abbreviated offseason informed how the trade deadline may play out this year with expanded playoffs, as in will more teams push for a spot or will more teams be complacent? What's your way too early prediction? Yeah, Rally, I, I, if you remember 2020, the COVID season, uh, with more playoff spots available, there was a lot of teams that were trying to upgrade leading up the trade deadline. I actually think it'll, uh, it'll increase the number of teams who will be looking to add. The, it'll also make it more of a, a seller's market because I think that means there are going to be fewer sellers fewer players available to some of the contenders, which is, for example, if the Twins, in fact, put Carlos Correa out in the trade market this summer, and I think they will, uh, they should extract a pretty good price. 
Corey Rukert at Corey R underscore 12 writes in how much does a bad or good spring matter in regards to your expectations for players in the upcoming season? Not much, but there are, I do like to look at some spring stats to, for signs of, you know, improvements of various players. For example, Bobby Witt Jr., you know, considered to be the number one prospect with the Royals. He's got a very small handful of at-bats. It's too small of a sample size to really draw anything out of it. But the big question about him is the swing and miss. And so far this spring, he doesn't have any strikeouts. That's interesting to me. Justin Simmons at Justin Lance Sim one writes and hey, Buster, there is no disputing that the Dodgers lineup is stacked, probably the best in the NL, even in Major League Baseball. However, shouldn't we pump the brakes just a tad given how bad Bellinger has been in the last two years and the off year Mookie had in 2021? Justin, I'm totally with you on this. Like I've seen stories, you know, the Dodgers, they have the best lineup ever. And I'm kind of shaking my head like, okay, Freddie Freeman's in the lineup and, uh, you know, Corey Seager moves on. Is it really that much different, the lineup, the depth than what we've had in recent years? I, I think, you know, yes, it'll be generally speaking, one of the one or two or three best lineups in baseball, but I don't think it's necessarily better than it has been. Yeah, I think we've done this song and dance for the last three years before the season. Best team of all time. And okay, then, I'm the know. one who fell into that trap. You don't <laughs> need to buy into that. But in terms of the, the generating runs, uh, I think it's about where it's been. Last one for today. Jody Cruz at J underscore the fearless one writes in. I'm just saying people should get excited about Royals baseball this season. Also, people got to stop sleeping on Nick Lopez. It's his time to shine. The Royals over under is 74 and a half this year. Absolutely take the over. It's not as much of a slam dunk as the Orioles one, uh, but I think the Royals be better. Taylor, you agree with me like 52 or 62 and a half in the Orioles is ridiculous. Oh my God. They, they're probably going to be worse than they were last year. I mean, you, you rattled off all of the, uh, their acquisitions and it's not really inspiring a lot of confidence. So uh, we, yeah, six under 62 and a half. I sent you a screenshot. I think I'm going to throw a Hunsky on it, Buster. That's the move here. <laughs> I, I I can't and I won't, but I tell you what, <laughs> we'll talk I'm offline. glad that you're, you're running the podcast. Nope. I think there's an opportunity for you and Sarah. That's for sure. <laughs> thanks for writing in everyone. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets on Twitter. That's it for today. And thanks to Carl, Todd, Sarah, and Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Thanks for listening to the Baseball Tonight podcast. If you're playing fantasy baseball, check out the Fantasy Focus podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. The Baseball Tonight podcast. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.